hey boys I hope you had a really fun day um, today I have traveled to, to Zambia so yeah so now I'm in Lusaka Zambia by um, Uncle Todd and Auntie Angela and I'm having meetings there and I'll be home on Saturday but I want to read the chapter for today it's called marks on the slate after the prairie fire the weather was cold so cold that mother said that they must hurry to dig the potatoes and pull the turnips before they froze she dug the potatoes while mary and laura picked them up and carried them down down cellar in pails the wind blew hard and sharp they wore their shawls but of course not their mittens Mary's nose was red and Laura's was icy cold. Their hands were stiff and their feet were numb, but they were glad they had so many potatoes. It was good to thaw by the stove when the chores were done and to smell the warm smells of potatoes boiling and fish frying. It was good to eat and to go to bed. Then, in dark, gloomy weather, they pulled the turnips. That was harder than picking up the potatoes. The turnips were big and stubborn, and often Laura pulled till she sat down hard when the turnip came out. All the juicy green tops must be cut off with a butcher's knife. The juice wet their hands, and the wind chapped them till they cracked and bled, and Ma made a salve of lard and beeswax melted together to rub on their hands at night. But Spot and her calf ate the juicy turnip tops and loved them. It was good to know that there were turnips enough in the cellar to last the winter long. There would be boiled turnips and mashed turnips and creamed turnips, and in the winter evenings a plate of raw turnips would be on the table by the lamp. They would peel off the thick rinds and eat the raw turnips in crisp, juicy slices. One day, they put the last turnip in the cellar, and Ma said, "It, Well, it can freeze now. Sure enough, that night the ground froze, and in the morning, snow was falling thick outside the windows. Now Mary thought of a way to count the days until Pa would come home. His last letter said that two more weeks would finish the threshing where he was. Mary brought out the slate, and on it she made a mark for each day of, of one week, seven marks. Under them, she made another mark for each day of the next week, seven more marks. The last mark was for the day he would come home. But when they showed the slate to Ma, she said, better make marks for another week for Pa to walk on home. So Mary slowly made seven more marks. Laura did not like to see how many marks between now and the time that Pa would come home. But every night before they went to bed, Mary rubbed one mark off. That day was one gone. Every morning, Laura thought, the whole day must go by before Mary can rub out another mark. Outdoors smelled good in the chilly mornings. The sun had melted away the snow, but the ground was hard and frosty. Plum Creek was still awake, 
brown leaves were floating away on the water under the wintry blue sky. At night, it was cozy to be in the lamplight of the house by the warm stove. Laura played with Carrie and Jack on the clean, smooth floor. Ma sat comfortably mending, and Mary, Mary's book was spread under the lamp. It's bedtime, girls, Ma said, taking off her thimble. Then Mary rubbed one more mark and put the slate away. One night, she rubbed out the first day of the last week. All, They all watched her do it, and Mary said, as she put the slate away, Pa is walking home now. Those are the marks he will walk on. In his corner, Jack suddenly made a glad sound as if he understood her. He ran to the door. He stood up against the door, scratching and whining and wagging. Then Laura heard a faint whistling coming through the wind. When Johnny comes marching home. It's Pa! It's Pa! she shrieked and tore the door open and ran pell-mell down through the windy dark, a windy dark, with Jack bounding ahead. Hello, half-pint, Pa said, hugging her tight. Good dog, Jack. Lamplight streamed from the door and Mary was coming and Ma and Carrie. How's my little one? Pa said, giving Carrie a toss. Here's my big girl, he said, pulling Mary's braid. Give me a kiss, Caroline, if you can reach through these wild Indians. Then there was supper to get for Pa, and no one thought of going to bed. Laura and Mary told him everything at once, about the wheels of fire, the potatoes and turnips, and how big Spot's calf was, and how far they had studied in their books, and Mary said, but Pa, you can't be here. We didn't walk off all the marks on the slate. She showed him the marks till still there. The marks he was supposed to walk on. I see, said Pa. But did you not rub out the marks for the days it took for my letter to come so far? I hurried fast all the way, too, for they were saying it's a really hard winter in the north. What do we need to go get in town, Caroline? Ma said they did not need anything. They had eaten so many fish and potatoes that the flour was still holding, holding out, and the sugar and even the tea. Only the salt was low, and that would last several days. Then I'd better go get wood up before we go to town, said Pa. I don't like the sound of that wind. They tell me that Minnesota's blizzards come up fast and sudden. I heard some folks say that went down to town that a blizzard came up so quickly they couldn't get back. Their children at home burned all the furniture, but they ate froze stark, but they froze stark stiff before the blizzard cleared up enough so the folks could get them home. <laughs> That's quite an ending to the chapter. Well, good thing we don't have blizzards, hey? If we did, we'd have to figure out how to deal with them. And we wouldn't be leaving you guys alone. Oh, the next chapter is... Hold on, I've got to open my book again. The next chapter is called Keeping House. I love you boys. Sleep really well.